ER Room. Now, here's your host, Edward Reyes. Michelangelo here. He is an attorney. He's one of the fastest growing elderly law, wealth management law firms here in Tampa Bay. He's going to introduce himself and tell us what you do. Hi, my name is Michelangelo Mortolero, uh, founder of Mortolero Law, where we do estate planning, elder law, and probate, and co-founder of Fortress Asset Protection, where we work with business owners, entrepreneurs, real property investors to identify areas of risk in their business and their personal life and create legal shields around them to prevent them from losing everything if something goes wrong in their life. So we talked briefly about, and this show is primarily for you know a lot of business owners out there, they're not protected. We, we just have a conversation off the podcast and they accumulate assets, they work hard, they're doing all these things, they're making this money and then they get sued, right? And that happens all the time. So how can you protect your assets for business owners? Like tell me about asset protection, tell me about what you can help people reduce their liabilities and hopefully increase their assets or at least protect their assets. Sure. So and we'll start with 83% of business owners have no legal plan. They may have a business law attorney that help them set up their business or incorporate, and they may have a CPA or they may have somebody that helps them with contracts, but they don't have anything for exit succession and transition planning. So the first thing is, let's say you never get sued. At some point, if you're a business owner long enough, you're either going to want to step away because you've finished your work, you're going to become disabled or incapacitated, not be able to work, or you're going to die. And so 83% of business owners with no estate planning, first and foremost thing that we talk about with all business owners is if you have a family, if you have children, a spouse, if you have charities, you have somebody who you care about who you'd want to leave your business assets to if you passed away unexpectedly, let's nail that down. And it can be as simple as assigning your LLC into a revocable or irrevocable trust for probate avoidance. We have nightmare stories all the time. I'm doing a probate right now for a woman. Unfortunately, her husband was doing very well in his business, 52 years old. He was in the process of selling his business for four and a half million dollars which was going to set them up for life. Unexpectedly, on a Monday, he passes away. Mm -hmm. He's the only owner of the LLC. He's the only signer on the checking account. By Wednesday, all the employees figured out they're not getting a paycheck Friday, so they all took off. By the next Monday, so seven days after she's grieving her husband unexpected death, she's getting a call from the landlord going, hey, I know it's a bad time, but um, rent's due, Mm. and I was wondering when you're going to get me my rent check, and if you're not, can you come clean all your husband's stuff out of my building because I'm going to rent it to somebody else. Yeah. So... We ended up, you know, the short of that is $180,000 in legal fees for the probate. We're having to fire sale all the equipment for about $800,000 instead of $4.5 million as a going concern, all because he didn't have the right plan in place. Now, this is an interesting case because unlike most business owners, he had a plan. He had a well-known Tampa downtown law firm as his estate planning firm, and he had a well-known business attorney as his business law. Yeah. They never talked. So when he died, we called the business law attorney and go, hey, what did you do for continuation? He goes, oh, no, that's estate planning. I don't do that. So we called the law firm that did the estate plan and they go, oh, that's business law. We don't do that. And both of them point the finger at each other. And now we have a widow left holding the bag. Yeah, it basically created a huge gap for that family, for that business as well. So what can somebody do, you know, out there? In, let's say somebody's starting a business and we can start from that and we can go from the, sure. the beginning into like more seasoned uh, business owners. So let's say somebody's starting a business, they don't have any assets yet. What can they do to kind of get going and, and get protected to make sure that they are set up as, you know, before they start making real money, that they can be set up properly sure. when they start making money? Depending on your business. You know, if you're a doctor, a lawyer, a dentist, your name's probably on the door. Everybody knows you own the business. 
this, yeah. but there's a lot of business, especially when it comes to real property investment, commercial businesses that are not a solo practice or a professional services, where it's beneficial to not have your name on the public record. And so we set up a lot of anonymous holding companies out of the state of Wyoming. I love Wyoming because unlike SunBiz, that discloses all of the members' information. They do. In Wyoming, you only have the equivalent of a registered agent. And so what we do is the structure is really simple, and then I share it with everybody because it's not rocket science. You have your Wyoming corporation as a holding company own your Florida LLC, and you could have 100 LLCs owned by the holding company. The beauty about that is that if somebody goes to SunBiz and types in your name or types in your business name, all they're going to see is one member, and that member is another LLC. They go to the state of Wyoming division of corporations, they don't see your name. So the first thing is it's hard to sue what you don't see because it just adds a layer of complexity. Now, another thing is for business owners in Florida, if you're a single member LLC, there is a concept that you need to know about that many people don't, and it's called outside liability. So let's just say I buy a piece of rental property and I'm renting and you're my tenant and you get hurt on the property and you try to sue me. Well, if I have an LLC and I've structured it right and I do my corporate formalities, you're going to have a hard time getting to my personal assets. You can get to my insurance policy, which hopefully is a good one. You can maybe even take the property from me, but it stops there. Mm-hmm. Problem is, what if you get sued by something that is has nothing to do with your LLC? The story I always give, I had a client... Him and his wife went out for a date night. They had a couple of drinks. They stopped off at a bar on the way home for a couple of more drinks. Yeah. Somebody said something inappropriate to his wife. He turns around, pops the guy mm. in the face. The guy, lawsuit. the guy falls backwards, hits his head on the bar, severs his spinal cord, wow. ends up a quadriplegic. Now, not covered by homeowners, not covered by auto, not covered by your umbrella. No. That is you, brother. Personal liability, for sure. And he got sued for $5 million, and it was 100% his fault. Yeah. So that particular guy, he wasn't the client at the time, he owned a construction company. That construction company owned his building, owned six sets of equipment for crews to go out, and had about $1.3 million sitting in his operating account. Mm. So in Florida, there's a case called Olmstead, and Olmstead says if you are a single-member LLC, and you get sued personally, not from something going on in your business, they can foreclose on your business, take the entire LLC and all of the assets. He lost everything. Wow. So That's crazy. So we want to look at, for our business owners, we want to have inside and outside liability protection. And one of the other great things about Wyoming is there's no state income tax, and everything's a pass-through, so you don't even often have to file another tax return. But... If you get sued personally and your holding company is in the state of Wyoming, they can't foreclose on your business interest because Wyoming gives single member protections where Florida doesn't. So a lot of times it's just as simple as setting up one more entity. And now you have inside and outside liability protection. You have anonymity. You're a a landlord. You know, sometimes bad things happen and you got to evict people. Yeah. You probably don't want them going on Sunbiz and finding out where you live. True. Because chances are you're your own registered agent in the state of Florida. Now they know where you and your family are. You know, it's so true that you bring that up as far as the, uh, because I know we've sued clubs and stuff like that. And they have a trust. They have these, you know, then you look for the trust. It's like another name. It's like LLC. It's like you're chasing a mystical dragon. Yeah. You know, I mean, eventually you get around to it, but it takes a lot of time. And most lawyers honestly will say, you know what? This is too much of a hassle. You have to have like quadriplegic, something huge in order for someone to really go down. And, and even then, most people won't even go down that rabbit hole because it takes too much time. It's very difficult. No, I mean, you're, you're a unicorn in the space because I think you're say, smarter than most lawyers. You're more, more hustle than a lot of attorneys in your space. A lot of times, as soon as they see these structures, quite honestly, they get confused. And what yeah. happens is that gives our clients then leverage to 
negotiate a better settlement. 100%. To say, listen, do you want to sue us in Florida? Then you're going to have to sue us in Wyoming, which you're probably not licensed in. So now you're going to bring on another law firm. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. Most PI attorneys work on contingency. You don't get paid on what you get a judgment for. You get paid on what you collect. Exactly. So if we're going to make you work for three years or we're going to hand you the insurance policy and some cash today, the attorney is usually happier. The client's happier because they're getting paid now instead of three years from now. And, you know, most attorneys that I know don't want to work on contingency for three years, putting in time, effort in their own money to maybe get skunked. And that's exactly. And that's if you get paid. Yeah. Because you may go down this rabbit hole and find out it's a paper company. And you're like, yeah, I did all this and there's no assets in the company. I know a lot of hotels, a lot of motels do that. They have these paper companies that's papered and papered and papered. They have an insurance policy, but it is definitely difficult. A lot of times nursing homes will do that. Nursing homes will have a separate LLC for every bed. Wow, that's crazy. And so now you want to sue the LLC with all of its assets. Take the bed. It owns a hospital bed. Oh, yeah. Good luck getting that one. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, they come, oh, I had an LLC and, you know, I'm protected. I'm like, well, not really. The LLC did something wrong. I said, well, I mean, it depends on, are you using the LLC for personal gain? Are you using it? Are you going to like Walmart? Are you buying? You can pierce your LLC, you can pierce the corporation. But a lot of people, they think, oh, I got a corporation, $150 on some biz, I'm done. It's a wrap. There's no operating agreement. Nothing. You know, there's nothing. And and so people have that misconception. The other misconception they have, and attorneys screw this up all the time. I had a good West Tampa attorney who may or may not be related to me in some way does estate planning and he had a client that had eight rental properties all paid off and he told her oh all we need to do is deed these properties into your trust you're good you're protected well first of all it's a revocable trust you're not protected and at best you've avoided probate when you die but if you hurt somebody or somebody gets hurt on your property there's zero asset protection and this person paid an attorney thinking that they walked out of there with protection and they had zero. And when I explained it to him, she argued with me. She goes, no, my attorney told me I have it. Do you want to see the case law? Because I can show it to you. Either he didn't understand it and sold it improperly, or maybe you didn't understand him. But there's a disconnect there. And I'm a big fan of you lead with education. And if yeah. your client knows every single thing of the way it's going to work, they're smart enough to figure out what's best for them, their business, and their family. Let's talk about like, you know, new corporations starting up. Let's say somebody's been in business five years, 10 years, whatever the case is. What can they do? They have a simple corporation, LLC, state of Florida, or even a corporation in the state of Florida, you know, they've been operating, they're making good money, they haven't got sued yet. You know, what would you suggest to somebody that's still basic corporation, nothing extra, and what can they do? So I like what you said. You said it for a reason, but most people probably wouldn't pick up on that. They haven't been sued yet. Yep. The Fraudulent Conveyance Act is something that most people who are not lawyers don't understand. They call me all the time on literally Monday morning and they go, hey, I had some drinks and I got in a car accident and I got charged with DUI. I don't think they're hurt really bad, but what can you do to protect all my assets? And I go, there's not a lot I can do because any judge is going to look at that. And on on Monday morning, even you haven't been sued yet, the act has happened that you know or should have known is probably going to get you sued. It's then too late to start giving away money and setting up corporations because a good lawyer is going to pierce that and they're going to claw it all back and then you're going to have more problems. So very important is plan your asset protection strategy before anything happens. And that's counterintuitive to just people being people and being lazy. I'll do it when I need to. Well, unfortunately, in this world, when you need to is actually too late. When you need to is when you don't think you need to and that's before the problem. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, you know, there is no cookie cutter. And I think that's why a lot of lawyers don't practice in this space and the ones that do try to make everything fit into one mousetrap and it's just not the case quick example i had a gentleman that was referred to me he owned he had one llc 
And when I started talking to him, I said, tell me about your business. He goes, well, I own a commercial property. I said, okay, is that owned by the same LLC that runs your business? Yes. I go, there's problem number one. Yep. Because if your business gets sued, they can take the dirt in the building, which should be segregated in its own special purpose entity. Secondly, I said, tell me about your business. He goes, well, I actually have three businesses and they'll <laughs> all run in there. I have an auto body shop, collision repair shop. I have a mechanic shop and I have a tow truck company. And I said, how many tow trucks do you have? He goes, four. They're all owned by this one LLC. Yeah. And so when we started getting into it and I said, tell me about what drives the business? And he goes, well, the tow trucks, because the tow truck goes and picks you up at the accident. They haul it back. You call Progressive or Geico and they yeah, go, oh, yeah. you're at our preferred collision. You want to keep it there. Sure. So what we really identified was his biggest risk were the tow trucks because he had four trucks, heavy trucks out in the community driving around that yeah. could get in a car accident. High probability too. So what we ended up doing is we spun off a special purpose entity for the building. We segmented each of the two businesses into their own and then we put each tow truck in its own LLC. So now it only has one asset. If that tow truck gets in an accident, it's being leased to the mothership. Yep. And so who are you going to go after? They weren't an employee acting under the scope and all of that fun stuff. It's a separate entity that was leased over. The vehicle was leased. And so you can go after the tow truck, but it's a wrecked tow truck. And then on top of that, you know, to help guys like you out, because we like you, hmm. we always recommend get a healthy insurance policy. That's what insurance is there for. Yep. Buy as much of it as you can and throw an umbrella on top of it because the sleepability that you get by being properly insured and then having a good legal structure on the back of it. But if you have a million dollar base policy and a five million dollar umbrella on top of it. Yeah, you're going to get past that. 99%, like, I mean, you tell me, but I would only assume 99% of personal injury cases will probably settle for less than six million dollars, oh. barring the catastrophic ones. Yeah, for sure. And so just because it may not punch through your lower limit insurance policies, the sleepability that you have to put your head on the pillow and go, listen, man, we screwed up or my guy got in an accident, yeah. but the family's going to be made whole. Edward's going to do a great job and get them for every penny they have, but they're not coming knocking on my door to take my assets and money away from my family. That's priceless. So I think great insurance followed by a solid legal plan. Everybody gets made whole. Nobody gets taken advantage of, and that's the way the system should operate in a perfect world. And because what I do is we do a lot of car accidents and stuff like that, the way I see things, you could disagree with me or you can tell me your thoughts on it, and we talked about it briefly before, is putting a car under my business name, and I know it's good for tax purposes, for write-offs and things like that. The problem is that the business owns the car, and you're higher probability getting sued because... And you're going to have a higher premium. Well, higher premium. And I know they do it because they reduce the cost of taxes. Like, oh, I can write this car off or whatever the case is. And you can still write off the cars as an owner, as an owner's asset. But the point is that this business owns the vehicle itself, not commercial vehicle, just your personal auto. And you drive that all day long, all the time. And let's say you hit somebody. Well, that means it's a business asset. That means you're suing the corporation. You're piercing through the comp company because it's not even owned by you personally. That could put you in a problem. Absolutely. And just thinking about that, actually a friend of mine called me a couple weeks ago, car guy. His Bentley got a tear in the interior. He calls his upholstery shop. The guy, concierge service, will send someone to your house, sir. We'll pick it up. We'll take care of it. We'll bring it back. Well, sent someone to the house, picked it up. He handed them the keys. They're driving it nowhere near the path between his office and the shop. They're out by the casino, blew a stop sign and killed a lady mm. and he goes i think i'm okay and i said no i don't think you're okay said, you're the owner of the vehicle you're the insured and you let them drive it i said now maybe they have a good policy i hope yeah. they do but if they don't you have liability because they're going to come after you as the vehicle owner so that's one thing the other thing is talking about your business we're big fans of the montana llc 
Mm -hmm. And I like Montana for several reasons. One is that you can buy your vehicle in your Montana LLC and then lease it back to your business. I see. You still get the write-offs, but now again, who owns it? It's owned by a special purpose entity mm -hmm. that only owns one car, yep, which is now wrecked. That makes sense. So it doesn't have a lot of value. It gets rid of all of that. The other thing is Montana gives you anonymity because if you run a Montana tag, it comes back to a corporation. The corporation has a registered agent. You don't see who the members are. Yep. And the third thing, which I got, I originally started getting into this Montana LLC because I'm in the car scene, no sales tax on vehicles in the state of Montana. Nice. So a lot of my clients who are buying and selling and flipping, you know, two to 200,000 to a million dollar cars, and every six or eight months they get out of it, they get a new one, they sell it to their buddy. So they're not getting the tax credits on the trade-in because yeah. the dealership's always going to rip you off. Uh, no offense, Ferrari at Tampa True. Bay. True. That's another story. The idea is that you can buy these vehicles, no sales tax, hmm. you have anonymity, and you have a layer of asset protection. And it costs you 500 bucks to register your vehicle. I have no idea. These things are great. I had no idea about that. So interesting. So because for your cars, next time you buy a new car, come see me. We'll set you up with a Montana LLC. Smart. Other than driving around with a Montana tag, which becomes a talking point for us. All of my classic cars, all of my exotics, all of my collector vehicles are Montana registered. And so we take advantage of the tax break. We take advantage of anonymity. Somebody sees me driving down the street. They type in my tag number. They don't know who I am. How does that work with insurance companies? Because I know the way insurance companies work here, depending on where you live, if you live X amount of time, six months or more, they want to have you a Florida policy versus, yeah. uh, you know. So so the secret to that, as far as we have figured out, is just don't lie to your Period. insurance company. Yeah. Because obviously Montana has a lot less car accidents. They have a lot less fraud yes. than Tampa. And so where people have gotten caught that I have figured out is that they call up or they go to you know Progressive Direct or Geico Direct online and they, where is it garaged? Montana. And they put their Montana PO box as it. where it's garaged. Then that gives them reason to deny the claim saying you lied to us. If we'd have known it was in Tampa, either we wouldn't have written it or we'd have charged you Tampa rates, Exactly. but you can't get both. So I know for mine, Travelers writes it, State Farm writes it for my collector vehicles, Haggerty. I use Haggerty. Yeah. And so you call Haggerty, you tell them it's in my Montana LLC, mm -hmm. but it is garaged in Tampa, Florida, exclusively driven in Tampa, Florida, whether it's personal or business use, and they will write it. You will be fully insured. And, and I was nervous about that. So when I first called Haggerty, they go, oh, we do this all the time. Like, okay. We know it. You're fully covered. If there's a claim, we're not going to give you problems. All right, I'm good. Yeah, for the 1929 Pierce Arrow that I bought, it's uh, I got it from Haggerty, like uh, that company there. Great company. They understand cheap. cheap and they understand vehicles. They understand the whole business of insurance and cars and classics. It's, yeah. it's pretty interesting. I Haggerty and Grundy, that. both really good. They do stated value. So if you get in an accident or it's totaled, like there's no haggling about what it was worth because some of these cars, you can't really put a value on you it because they're not traded often enough. And yours may be nicer than the next guy's and yeah. should be worth more. So I like those, but they will definitely protect you and they will cover you in a Montana LLC and charge you personal rates. Just recently bought a, a four-door Jeep Wrangler for the kids to drive around with no top and doors in. And so Haggerty wouldn't insure it because it's not a, it doesn't qualify for their stuff. Sure. But I went to State Farm and I fully laid it out. Here's the deal, here's where it's at. And they go, yep, absolutely. We'll cover it under State Farm, but it, we write it as a personal policy. Yeah. And then I think they just like name the the LLC as like an additional insured or something. They, some way that it brings in the LLC, yeah. but they know that it's not being used for business purposes. Okay. Now, of course, if it is for your business, different story, 
you need a commercial policy and you pay up. But for those car collectors like you that you may not be using the Pierce for your law firm other than maybe a parade every now and yeah, then. Yeah, exactly. It's not a daily driver for the firm. No. Then at that point, you want to make sure that you're not overpaying for a, a business policy. So if we had to take, let's say, five takeaways to protect someone's assets, uh, business assets, what would you say, like summing up what you just said, like five key points, this is what you need going forward, and then uh, how would that look like? So the first thing is, find a competent asset protection attorney. And sometimes they're hard to find. There's not many here in Tampa. And many of them don't do the business law side and the asset protection side and the estate planning side. So if you can find one firm that does everything like ours, at least you have a one-stop shop and you don't have the finger pointing when the time comes that they go, oh, well, that law firm didn't tell me. I thought they were handling it. It's all handled under one roof. So five takeaways on the fly. Number one is plan for disability, incapacity, or death. That's the number one because you've worked so hard to build your business and to think of your spouse or your children not benefiting from the fruits of your labor and getting torn apart in probate and in creditor claims and in all that stuff, totally unnecessary. So that's the first thing. The second thing, identify areas of risk. Every company's different. The guy with the four tow trucks, his risk was very different than a guy who might be owning a painting company that only has one truck. So identify the risk, create legal bubbles around each of the areas of risk. Number three is structures. Make sure that whether you're starting a structure from scratch or whether you are been in business for 20 years, there's always things you can do to create a layer of anonymity and to create a layer of, uh, of asset protection. The fourth thing I would say, divvy up the risk because all your risk in one basket is not good. No. So we've identified the risk, we've looked at, at areas of opportunity, now let's put the plan in action, and we're gonna segment. And it's not right for everybody. If you tell me, listen, I, got, I had a guy today, I have 12 rental properties in one LLC. I go, all right, maybe you have personal protection, but somebody gets hurt on one of those properties, yeah. all 12 are at risk. Now, is the answer 12 LLCs? Maybe not. Maybe it's more of an administrative nightmare than it is. But yeah. what do you want to do? We agree one, well, zero is terrible. One's a little better, but not so much. Yeah. And 12 is probably overkill. So I don't know, maybe we put two per LLC, three, four. Yeah. Whatever it is is better than all 12 in one basket. And then the final area is make sure that everything is set up properly after the structures. Then we look at the tax piece. We want to make sure that you're not getting hammered in taxes more than necessary. And we want to make sure we bring on a tax person who understands these more complex strategies and don't take advantage of all the opportunities that you have without having you overpay in taxes. So those are probably the five takeaways. But it, it all starts with finding the right attorney yeah. that understands all of the disciplines and whether they're going to be implementing or just being the guy or girl understanding it and giving you guidance that you start somewhere. Because if you bury your head in the sand, something will happen. For you, sure. You will die. You will become disabled. You will want to retire or you will get sued. All of those diminish all the work you've put into your company. Clearly now, you know, thinking back, I have, to, <laughs> I have to do quite a few things to myself too. But it's true, the more money you make, you know, I, I'm insurance to death now. It's crazy. Like I never thought about that before. Now I realize that I have a disability insurance. I have E&O insurance. I have premise insurance. I got all types of coverages now, but you, you need it. You need to be protected. And, you know, what I'm missing is probably the complete, more the complicated structure, what you're talking about. So, I mean, it's talk about these things because if I'm missing and I'm a lawyer, imagine how many people out there 
there just have one LLC or one corporation or nothing or just, hey, I'm here, I'm doing business and they don't have anything. And a lot of people, they say, you know, I'm, I'm a tradesman. This is what I'm doing. Now I call myself Bob the Builder or whatever the case is. Yeah. It, they don't have nothing. Sole proprietors have zero protection. Yeah. And it happens and all the time. It's really, again, it's about the team. You need a good lawyer. You need a good tax person. Those two are integral to a business running efficiently. And when we bring in not only the structures, but the asset protection piece, and when we talk about trust, we didn't even get into today. We'll talk about it another day. But whether it's Florida Trust, Nevada Trust, we can take your assets and move them offshore outside of U.S. jurisdiction so no judge in America can get to those assets. We do that for a lot of our athletes and entertainers. So we can do soup to nuts, small guys to big guys. Yeah, yeah. doesn't matter anywhere in between. Okay, cool. Well, Michael Angel, thank you so much for your time. You got it, man. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> I always learn a lot myself, and uh, I look forward to further talks. Awesome. Thank you, All sir. Right, thank Appreciate you, sir. it. Thank you. You've been listening to the ER Room. To contact the firm, call 833-4-BAD-DAY. Find them on Instagram and Facebook at The Reyes Firm. Reach out to Edward on Instagram and Facebook at Edward Reyes. And on YouTube at Attorney Edward Reyes. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll see you next time on the ER Room.